Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Hey guys, how you doing? On this week's episode of Mixed Martial Arts, I've got a guy who is a bit of an enigma. He's a guy who's been around from literally the early, early days. <laughs> some people some people will look back at it and say it was like the golden era of JKD and Carly, especially in the UK, because it literally was a handful of people going over to the United States and training. And it's, uh, for me, one of the nicest guys I know, easily one of the funniest guys I know, <laughs> never, never ceases to make me smile. It's the one and only Steve Mosley. Thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having me, sir. Much, much, much appreciated. This feels like the uh, pinnacle of my career now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all downhill from here now, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Steve, how did you get into martial arts? I got into martial arts um, when, believe it or not, I was eight years old. I became familiar with it. And um, there was no... It wasn't like we had the technology today. It was all magazines like Fighters, Inside Karate with Terry O'Neill. Yes. And... Um, people like that and believe it or not it was just through visual it was like through looking at pictures of like Bruce Lee and um, I looked at that and the moment I, that I saw that enter the dragon pose with the nunchaks yes you had me yeah you were there you had me right there yeah, yeah. well you see I've, I've seen some of your old pictures <laughs> of the karate days where you were training like in your back garden which we all have right oh absolutely yeah and is that where you started um i actually was fortunate enough to go to a place in stokewood road which is in winton where i lived and it was a karate club called shotokan kanku karate club and my sensei was sensei jerry breeze who was then a fourth dan in traditional Shotokan karate and graded under Sensei Kiyonotsuki Inouida who was the uh, president oh, of the uh, yeah that's her name that was the, who was the president of the Japanese Karate Association in Japan so you don't get more of a uh, it was just, I think I was just right place right time although we had Saturday morning sessions that were more borstal related I believe that if social really? service came in they would <laughs> shut you down um, the abuse was horrendous oh, I, I tell you something <laughs> you look back on it it was like um, it was nothing but good for me though well, yeah, you see, it's funny because years ago, you, you know, there was no such thing as a kids' class. If you were, if you were under 16, no, sure. you were just considered a small adult. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I remember my um, sensei, you know, actually borrowing me on um, a couple of times. Because he would, he, he would come around to our house as well and he'd check on my mum and everything. And uh, he put a makiwara up in my bedroom. Really? The yeah. striking post, the striking right? Yeah, striking post. Yeah. And a guy called John Orris, um, he came round when I uh, got my first dance showdown and gave me a black belt with, like, the gold Japanese and signal. Oh, it. yeah, with the kanji on it, yeah. Man, these were, like, you know... I mean, before I got my showdown, I was I was graded from yellow belt up till brown and white one. It was, like, Sensei Tumita, who was fifth down, was grading me temporary, temporary temporary and you had if you got a temporary back in those days you got a temporary then you graded again and then you got the belt wow got, so man i really had to kind of like go through the levels and then i remember my last grading when he said stephen mosley first cue i was waiting for the temporary bill at the beginning and sensei breeze looked at me and he just it was kind of a smile you know yeah. and um you know i man, i just remember crying you know because it meant so much just to get that pass yes and um you know i was 15 at the time and uh, Colin Shelt was with me as well at that time. And, the late, uh, great Colin Oh, Shelt. man, the one, see, I see how I just started, I made a segue there. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah and, I'll tell you uh, what, you're good at this, you're good <laughs> at this. I mean, uh, if you need any help. No, 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 no I'll tell you, you what, I'm hiring. <laughs> Absolutely, you're hired. And, um, 
Uh, I remember what what you what you just said about being graded as, as a small adult before you had your um, black belt um, grading. Uh, you had like a, a training session with Sensei Anoida, and I remember Colin just being Ashley Broid foot sweeped like into thin air. And well, do, landed do you know up. what this is? The funny thing, right? It's like you try and explain it now. My first instructor uh, was well, I, my first real instructor is sensei andy margaret or kenneth andrew margaret <laughs> uh, andy hates it because m- most people didn't know his first name was kenneth right. and i found out when i was about 19 and when you're 19 you know you have no idea that you're upsetting people you just think you're hilarious yeah, yeah. so of course i was <laughs> yeah. like so they call you kenneth do they and he was like nobody calls me kenneth but yeah he that, that was actually one of his techniques mm. and when he foot swept you it was like you were on the floor yeah and yeah people thought oh and Ashley Bright oh that's just lifting up the foot and hitting you maybe with a reverse punch with a yeah. gap and it wasn't it was like <laughs> you would be Ashley Bright and you would see your feet going higher yeah, than your oh, head that's what happened that's it, yeah, exactly yeah, what happened it's harsh and um, when we done my Gary kicks um, you kicked over steel chairs and if you didn't lift your foot if you didn't lift the leg up correctly and kick and retract the leg you would kick your foot on steel and send a steel chair flying and Sensei Breeze would go good I hope it hurt <laughs> <laughs> it really was, um, you know, it, it, it was uh, character building. Yes, most building. certainly, most but certainly. If they'd done that in the education system today, I mean, we wouldn't have it. No, well, you, you wouldn't do it. It, it, like, it was a school of hard knocks. It oh, really with, was. without a shadow of doubt. So, um, yeah, but um, to answer your question, that's um, when I started, and I believe that was in 1978, because they wouldn't let people in until you were 10 years old. Yes. So, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't given admittance till I was I was 10. So it was just a magazine. There was no VHS. It wasn't even VHS back no, then. No, no, no. Well, this is, this is the thing. It's like, I remember, I've still got all, uh, yeah, I've got a ton of uh, old karate magazines and it's great, especially in this age now of uh, instantaneous information. Oh, sure. I'm on Facebook and I'm seeing guys putting stuff up and I'm like, give me a minute. And then I go upstairs or I go into the loft and I dig out magazine and I was like that isn't what you said in 1984 yeah, and I've had this before with people and I was going you never did that and they were like you did no no and I was like look I've got the magazine mm. and then you go shit and I go I have an extensive library oh, I've never right, got rid yeah. of it yeah that's the way to do it mm. so you mentioned Colin right mm. and I never had the pleasure of meeting Colin Sherwood right yeah mixed bag yeah, <laughs> yeah expl- explain to me because I know you and him boyhood boyhood friends right we met at school we met at Winston Junior School um and believe it or not, we were both pulled out by the teacher because we were having an altercation in the playground. With each other? With each other. Wow. Yeah. And uh, one of us was put in one end of the hall and made to face hall, and the other one was put in the other end of the hall. And um, when we left, um, it was just sort of like, oh, you know, you're all right, you're all right. And I believe we would have been about nine. Really? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Because he was a giant of a guy, right? Uh, yeah, he was, he was originally um, a judo practitioner. Um, with a, a guy called Keith, I can't remember his second name, and uh, he was he was he was ahead in judo way before ahead in judo was being popular, and then um, he came to karate. He, t- he took a look at my school because I think his instructors move away, and um, he would always be picked out by Sensei Breeze to be hit or trained on with the uh, seniors. So he was he was with tra- he was training, and like you just said, you know you were you were an, 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 an adult when you were a child, and he was a very big child. And yes. He older than what he was and so um you know sensei breeze would uh, take him out and you know just punch him around put him in competitions we were very big we were very competition oriented i don't know if you remember the um 
Uh, uh, the uh, Liverpool lot with Andy Sherry. Oh, yeah, the and, KUGB boys, the yeah, Red Triangle. Yeah, the yeah, Red Triangle. Yeah, I, tra- right. I trained them for yeah. the Red Triangle, yeah. They, man, they were they were just winning. They were winning everything that was put in front of them. Yeah, the Bob, two, Bob, the two. Bob Poynton, Frank Brennan, yeah, Jimmy Brennan. Brennan the two yeah, brothers, the Brennan brothers yeah, Andy were bad. Sherry, I mean, Andy Sherry, Billy, Billy uh, Higgins. Yeah, Terry O'Neill. Terry O'Neill, yeah. That golden Age, man. Bob Rhodes. Yes, yes. Yeah, like all those boys, yeah. Like you just said. And so... um so Colin and I I mean not only that but we just lived around the corner from each other and we were obsessed with and I'm not I'm not I'm not using that word lightly we were obsessed I mean as soon as VHS came out that was it all, all, all gloves came off but yeah we go back to his house sort of like at about 11 o'clock on um, you know like a Saturday or a Friday you know when his parents were upstairs asleep because um, he had a video back then so right that was a big thing and oh, the man. ones as big as a suitcase <laughs> yeah yeah do you remember those <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah. brick yeah right. and it would be Enter the Dragon Fist of Fury then you know um, then other weekends it would be like the silent flute with David Carradine oh. like, yeah man yeah and um, you know then it would be like uh, oh Jackie Chan please you know yes. Snake and Ego Shadow Drunken Master and and then, and then to top all that like, we also got into um, uh, Lucky Crane Kung Fu when we were 18 which is again at the time that the video stuff and everything started to come out and um, we were so <laughs> We were so caught up a little bit uh, because of a kung fu training. Um, we'd be going down through, and there was like a massive countryside. So we were like, we were, we were there, man. We were oh, training in the country. Just put, just put a soundtrack behind yeah, you, yeah. Man, man, and, and, and you had it, mate. You know, yeah, you, that was you, it. You, you yeah. had it, mate. You know, and. Um, 80s training montage. Every, oh, every time um, the guy had to train in the movie. You panoramic had views. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a bit <laughs> of Tangerine Dream in the background <laughs> or something. Because we, we had it in our head. Because in, in, in like Junk and Master and that, you know, of course, you know, when they do the... Dun, yeah. Where is it? It's in the country, you know. Jackie <laughs> Chan fights at the end of Snake of Eagle Shadow. Where did it happen? In the, the country. country. So, you know, that's where it was at for us, right? I mean, we were, we were just kids, man, you know, but it was... Um, so, so, how, so, like, this is the thing, right? So, as you're telling me this, mm. huge martial arts nuts, huge Bruce Lee nuts, right? Oh, for sure. So, yeah. how did you go from a couple of guys dreaming about training, like Bruce Lee, so I don't know where you were aware of Jeet Kune Do at the time? We were very aware of it because of the whole um, Bruce Lee thing that came into effect. Like, I remember... Um, Colin bringing around an uncut version of Way the Dragon in Game of Death with the nunchuck from the dance. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it's, it's the uncut version, Nick. <laughs> yes. Oh, and you haven't seen... Yeah, it's Game of Death yeah, with yeah. the nunchucks. Yeah, yeah, and so, man, that was like, yeah, joygasms, you yeah. know. And, um, joygasms. <laughs> so, we, so, we, so we watched that, and, um, yeah, I just, we just remember being bombed out on that, and um, our Kung Fu instructor, Master Tay, uh, from Malaysia, he was very, he was a traditionalist to the point of, like, tradition, you know. You would not go, and anywhere else would be, like, disrespect, you know. It was yeah. like that kind of cloth. Um, although the guy was absolutely surreal, and he was amazing um so we became very much of dan in the santo back then but it was all very much on the down low because colin was going into carly he was the first person out of all of us to go out to america um and to get his apprenticeship under and how dan. did you say so i'm trying to work out how did he go over there did he just turn up that was it uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um he was uh he was living with somebody and um 
you know they they funded him. Wow. Uh, he he managed to get he Colin, Colin had a charm about him, you know, and he could, <laughs> he could turn on with the Well, ladies. he did look. Like, well, he did look like a movie star. Well, yeah, it was those blonde flowing locks. I remember Rick Vega doing a seminar with him, and he was he's about to headbutt him or something, and he goes, "Oh, hang on, like these long blonde flowing locks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I don't want to ruin the hair. I don't but, want to ruin. But, the hair. Um, yeah, Colin came in. To, uh, he was the first one out there. I started to find my Wing Chun pathway um, with the um, uh, Southern Academy of Wing Chun, and they were very combative orientated, which which appealed to me. And uh, also, it was at that stage also that um, a nice little segue again that Mr. Phil Norman came into the uh, the equation. And so, how old were all you guys 18. at the time? You see, 18. well, th- this is this is the thing because I, me and Phil, you know, we just went out and grabbed some lunch today, and. Uh, you know, I actually said to my friend Tony Lamming, who's with us at the moment, uh, I said to Tony, I said, uh, see, we met up for breakfast first before the seminar. Mm. And I said, uh, back in the 90s when you're watching Gladiators, do you think, did you ever think you were going to be uh, having breakfast with one of the guys from the Gladiator TV show? Yeah, sure. And he was like, no, I didn't. And, you know, even now, not even now because he's still, you know, we, we, I don't know about you. I still think I'm a relatively young man. You know, 47. I, I, yeah, that's I, how I feel. That's how I believe. I feel that. And it's like at 18, mm. Phil Norman must have been some sort of ferocious individual. Oh, man, you know, he, I think I think we were just starting to ply our trade then because it was um, when we were moving into those areas. That's when um, we were coming into contact with the legend drum roll not that he needs one um guru seafood master sensei mr awesome rick young yes you know we were just coming into contact with him and we were only getting to them via seminars which were in exeter with andy barker yes and uh howard hughes and and um those guys so um you know we, we were just sort of and and it was only then that we started to do door work and then we started to apply the trade quite well because, yes um you know there were no badges or anything I'm not condoning anything, um, but that's how we. And then I think I think it was just a, a, a learning process. Of, like, like even today, we're still learning. Yes, yeah. But that's um, that's that's how we got. But we were. I think we were just all very much kind of like wide-eyed. Yeah. Dino. Well, I don't know about you. I'm still wide-eyed. So now. absolutely, man. I mean, today. I mean, after today. I mean, yeah. the, the, buzz the, the, the buzz. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm still on planet. You know, buzz now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, so. But yeah, I mean, Phil, Phil, Colin, they, they just had this boom. They, they were had ahead, it. They, they were ahead of it anyway. So when, so when did you first go over to LA? Um, I went out to LA the first time that Phil Norman did. And that was, I believe, 80, it was 89 or 1990. Um, Colin had already been out there, so he knew the way. Um, and Phil and I went out there. I think we were 20 years old at the time. Yeah. Um, but we both went out there together. Um, we went to the IMB Academy with Richard Bastillo. Yes. And Guru Dan in the Santa was training us there and um, what happened I'm, I'm going to find this photo for you um, what happened um, was that that was um, that that was it um, that was my first ever photo with Guru Dan at that time that was the first wow jeez well you see th- this is the thing that's going to lead me on to something which I don't know if you realise but especially someone like myself who I you know I really like the whole I like the history and the lineage Mm. of like Jeet Kune Do. I always have done and uh, mixed martial arts you know Jeet Kune Do have been doing it forever and I, 
but I, I have to state right now, I was never a Bruce Lee fan. And really, to this day, I'm not really a Bruce sure, Lee fan. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm a huge Stan in Osanto fan. And I said, yeah, I've always said I got into martial arts because through reading comic books. I'm nearly saying Sensei Reese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John, John, John Kreese, man. John Kreese got me in there, yeah. Well, you see, with Karate Kid. With Karate Kid, I've always said. Sorry, man. I just had to sneak that in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you liked my commentary. Oh, absolutely, Yeah, you like that. But I did a commentary down at Calshot, didn't I? And it went down quite well. But, yeah, it was, yeah, Mr. Miyagi, I looked, yeah, Mr. Miyagi was actually, to me, I looked at it and went, yeah, that's what I think of, that's what I think you know, a martial arts guide is this guy who's an older gentleman who can still kick ass but can teach you all these lessons and I'm certainly not saying that you know Guru Dan's like Mr Miyagi what I'm saying is when you buy into the the, the mythos behind martial arts sure. if you're going to have a master yeah. and you're going to follow a man yeah. follow a great man yeah don't and, aim high yeah 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 well that's it so, yeah, I, I do I do like a big motivational thing at the end of a seminar I teach and I always say the same thing I wanted to learn martial arts and I wanted to learn from the best in the world and people were telling me the best in the world was dead it was Bruce Lee and I thought right okay do you know what the next best thing his best mate and that's it and you know I didn't do that at the time because I was training in Coventry but it put me onto a path that's got me to where I am Yeah. but at 20 years of age as a, uh, my whole segue for all of that was to say that since you've uh, reappeared back on the scene right. there's been this absolute avalanche of pictures that nobody knew existed footage and if you don't mind me saying that I want you to, if you to just go into it a little bit Sure. Um, you put you know, just one. There's, there's one clip especially. There's a clip of Colin Sherrod. Yeah. That his daughter. Was it? She'd never heard him speak, or was that? I can't remember what it I was. I remember what you. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you now. put it on Facebook. Yeah. Um. I still got it on here. It's um. That was before I took my tie test. That was right. two days before I flew out. Right. And. Um, I've got some more from that session actually that I, that I shelf up and I, I, I honestly Mick, I completely forgot about it I swear down to you man I right. forgot about it I was just at home I'm like I'm going through some stuff and I was like oh yeah what's on here and I thought oh yeah I remember this is when I first got the camera and then I um, let it play and then at the end um, Colin just turned around and he goes oh yeah Steve he goes never forget you know no matter how hard you're training run next training is hard or no matter how hard you're training Master Charles training is just as hard and no matter how hard you're and I was like it's wow. like he's talking back yeah. <laughs> you know? and for me it was it was a real surreal moment you know because I, you know, I was just sort of thinking about the guy but that was that was literally just before um, I was flying out for my test uh, about three days before and so I, that would have been 91 or something yeah because his, his daughter had never seen I know I know yeah and then obviously I saw when you tagged it and I, I looked at it and I thought oh man how cool is that yeah and, you know? and man this means you know you Honestly, from my from my perspective, where I am, um, because you, you know my individuality and everything, it's just sort of like it means a lot for me to hear people like yourself. Um, Sid, who was at the seminar today, yes, um, um, Guru Sifu Rikfei, to say, oh, you know, Steve, yeah, if you can, keep it coming, oh. because I I, I, don't, I hope people just don't think, oh, Christ, just no way, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's great because you've seen, I've seen all these pictures of like just a bunch of young guys going over there and like it, it's really funny because at the time you know you know sparring like yeah going and stick sparring with Mark Denny 
Had you any oh, idea what you were getting we into? Had, we had a rough idea because he prepped us before. Um, I stayed over his place for the weekend, um, and it was with Eric Naus as well, who was top dog. So this um, is with the Dog Brothers. If you don't mind, explain to the guys if they don't know who are listening. The Dog Brothers, what's that all about? Well, this was before they actually went mainstream with everything, and these were the people that were going full out, full contact, um, taking uh, higher consciousness to a higher level, so to speak. And um, you could basically freestyle what you wanted to if you wanted to go single stick or double stick or anything that you wanted to. Then you would just go sort of like with the big headgear on, and then when you got more confident, you went to sort of like fencing headgear. And, and hockey. Hockey sticks, yeah. Helmet pads. And it, it, there was no other before. They were one minute rounds, but they felt like an hour long. Yes, um, yes. And you know, it was, it was just, it was. I think it was probably Carly or stick fighting taken to the highest level. And Mark Denny was uh, guru down in the Santos Academy. He was uh, a student of his, so was Eric Nels. They go to all the classes and they just say, "Hey, look, now and again we break out and we just do this thing." You know, um, yeah. we call ourselves Dog Brothers, and um, then they went mainstream with it. Yeah, well, you see, this but, is it. The, 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 I like that. I, 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 it, you know, a younger Mick Tully would have loved it, and I've done, yeah, I've done a bit of it. Uh, and nowadays, you know, I wear a hearing aid now, so like the last thing I want is my other ear to go on sure. me. But it's like the higher consciousness through harder contact, and now I look at it and I think, do you know what? I'm just going to lead a Buddhist lifestyle. Yeah, yeah it's I know. Be I, better for me. I know. I stick to the hand hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah once, you get, once you touch that hot stove once, I don't need to touch it yeah, again. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, how did taking your tie test come about? That was from I think I think Phil went out there and done this first. And it was it was a case of if you wanted to get into the apprenticeship on Guru Dan's curriculum back then, um, it it was kind of like do you a good little favour if you don't went and done your tie test. And um, yeah, if you were under forty, it was considered yeah, that you should do it. Yeah. I was really lucky because I I aged out on that. So, yeah, you know, I was like absolutely. And it was kind of like one of those things where you thought, well, shall I or shall I? And I thought, yeah, why not? Um, and Bert, Bert Richardson came over. And he watched that. But but lucky dog Richardson. Oh, absolutely. Third mate. third degree Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Bert and Richardson, if you're listening, first of all, I was a huge fan of his. Yeah. The Bert offerings Carlo me used to have. Absolutely. I loved that. Absolutely. And then I, I everything I ever read about him or anything that he ever wrote, I really enjoyed. And you know, he he, well, he was a uh, Chris Lieben's coach in the UFC. As That's well, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think he worked with um, Eric Paulson. Yeah, yeah, that. he did a lot of work with Eric, and he's a uh, you know third degree, third degree like legit BJJ Machado black belt. I think I think choice with the Machados. Yeah, uh, full instructor with Guru Dan, and oh. then he was a. Uh, uh, as, uh, I think it was very smart as well. He, he is a dog brother, and I think they called him Lucky Dog. Yeah, and I think I think he was a Lucky Dog for the reason that he he did the the fights he had to do, and then that was it. It was like I've learned what I needed to learn from yeah. this. And I, I think it was every hit he goes, I, I was just lucky. Yeah, 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 yeah well, exactly. What, what was really cool about him is that him, Chad, and um, Eric Paulson, um, because he was. Um, uh, teaching shoot classes out there when I went out there as well um, they put me up in Larry Hartzell's place for three days wow you know? you're just killing me here yeah you're just killing me <laughs> here thanks for taking the time to listen today you can listen to more shows like this on mixedmartialarts.com Mixed Martial Arts is an abrupt audio production today's show was produced by Luke Berry wow.